Hi, I'm Ayala Chipley, and you're listening to Get Out of Bed, Out of Your Head. I'm excited for you to join me on the journey as we learn the skills to overcome our anxiety and depression, acknowledge what we are going through, and learn to share our stories because we deserve to have our lives not dictated by the struggles within our mental health. Whether you're focusing on yourself or helping others, I can't wait to help you get there through sharing what I've learned in my own struggles, my own studies, or interviewing top experts in the mental health field, many of whom have struggled with this on their own. We are on a mission to own our story and own our truth to live life on our own terms. So I am so excited because today I have truly one of my favorite people, someone who I look up to, one of my mentors, I would like to call her, Miss Cassie Brown. And she is just one of the truly most giving human beings I know who's just serves and serves to everyone. Um, And my dad introduced me to Cassie last August, right as I was at that first conference starting my whole entrepreneurial journey. And she has been helping me with anything and everything ever since. Um, So I'm so excited to have her on here and for her to share her story. So just to start off, can you uh, tell my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yes. um, But first, thank you so much for that incredibly generous introduction. Um, I love you and your dad and your mission so much. So I'm really, really happy to walk alongside you in this journey um, and, and that's, that's really what I do. Um, our, our company is Amplify. I have, uh, Amplify My Impact Facebook group, Amplify My Impact podcast. And, and I realized, um, a few years ago that I had fought against it, but like my lane, my area of expertise is impact and helping others not only fully step into their purpose, but, um, amplify their message and get it out there. And through um, the, our marketing background and our agency and through organic and paid traffic, it's, it's one of those things where if, if you believe it, if you believe enough in your mission and your message, then, then it, sh- it deserves a platform to be heard. And the thing about it is it, it's not just for the people who are on the top of the mountain, who are on top of the world, because everyone needs their message. Someone needs to hear what you have to say. And, and just because you, you may feel like you're brand new or you've been around for a while, like the life doesn't care. You know, we have, we have experiences for a reason. And, and, and I wholeheartedly believe that like part of that healing process, um, when, when life does not go our way and, and at some point in your life, life is not going to go your way. Um, we have a choice uh, on how we react and how we deal with that. And a lot of that is through serving others. And if you can rally that experience and serve someone else and help them navigate through theirs, then I would say you're fully living your purpose and not an ounce of that pain or suffering or sorrow or whatever circumstance it was, was wasted if you're using that to leverage as a gift to pay it forward. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. I think that that our messages align so much in that is is we go through these things for a reason and especially at I mean, I'm at the beginning of my journey and you you have never let anything stop you from serving or sharing your your own self um no matter where you are in your journey and that everyone goes through things and other people can learn from it too and sharing that and amplifying that. And I think Cassie's mission is, is beautiful, but that doesn't, doesn't come from nowhere. 
no. it, it comes from somewhere. So where, where does that come from? Yeah. So, um, and, and for those of you listening, I, I told Ayelet before we started, like, okay, I have my little tissue. I'm re- I think I'm ready. Um, but the thing about it is like, you're never really ready. You're, um, that's, that's the situations in life. Life is going to throw you a curveball. And, and if you have, like, if you happen to be listening and you think, well, my life has been pretty boring up at this point, like nothing elaborate or really eventful has happened, then just be prepared. Um, you never know. Cause I thought that I thought that way for my life for a, a really, really long time. And for the most part, like I had a really normal childhood. I was raised um, in the South, grew up on a dirt road, was a tomboy and uh, got incredible good grades at school scholarship. And like, I did everything right. I worked in corporate America and then quickly realized it wasn't for me left and uh, worked in the family business for a while, started my own photography business and, and, you know, got married, started a family, had kids. And, and I used to joke with my husband, like, I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop. I'm waiting for this little bubble to burst. And early on in our marriage, he traveled a lot. And I would always joke with him. Like if he came back from the West coast, I'd be like, how's your other family doing? You know? Cause I'm like, in the back of my mind, I'm like, life is too easy. Life is too good. Like I, we've known each other since middle school. We dated through ninth grade. So we're high school sweethearts. We got married after college just so that we could tell our kids we waited until after college to get married. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then at 30 years old, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And that was, that was like knock the wind out of your lungs type of blindside hit. And it really was hard um, because I'm a pretty positive person and I grew up in the church. So I was really, really faithful and it was just a really hard time to kind of have this flood of emotions. And I'm talking about the spectrum, like confusion, denial, like anger, like, and I'm not an angry person, but that was probably some of the most guilty and angry times of my life because to be a faith you you have this false sense of like not untouchableness and and, uh, 30 years old like you think you can just you're invincible so like all of that like fog trying to make sense of all of that emotion just was was a really really low point um because on top of it, you feel guilty. You feel guilty about not having your knee-jerk reaction to be like ridiculously full of hope and faith and promise because like the world just doesn't make sense. But yet you have family and a husband and kids who are watching your reaction. So I think that's a dangerous cycle for a lot of people because we put on a mask and we push it down. Like we push the emotions down and never having to deal really with anything hard in my life. That was probably a really difficult road to manage. And I realized really quickly, like I did not have the tool set or the experience or even the know-how to get through but, you know, there, there was that, that sort of like that mustard seed of faith and hope and a foundation of faith that 
started, you, you, I could see a little bit of the light and, and every day just kind of take a step. And, and, it, and it was hard, but going through that hardship and having our world turn upside down, when I got through on the other side, what it made me realize is that shift in perspective and appreciation for life and just the acknowledgement of we're not promised the next 20 years or the next 20 minutes, it gave me that, like it made me even more resilient than I was before. Like I thought I was a pretty tough cookie and, and self-motivated and, and, and just determined to make it through anything. And then after that, it was like, I, I thought I was, I thought I knew a lot. And then when you realize when you hit rock bottom, you don't really know anything at all. Yeah. Then the world opens up and, and you take charge of what you can control and you step into that purpose and that faith. And I was just determined to not have something to not go through and experience that transformational and not be able to, to, to use it as a service to others. So that's, that's kind of what got me here to that point where it was like, I know hard, I know struggle, I know pain. And it's because I know it that I keep walking forward. Mm -hmm. And thank you for, for sharing that and being so open and honest with that story. I know it's really hard to, to think back to that, that really hard pain point of where you hit, where you felt in your heart that you were at rock bottom and all this guilt is surrounding you with, mm. with feeling all of these feelings. How did you, how did you shift in perspective from, from feeling like this is, I, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah. Being like, there, there is going to be hope. There's going to be light. Yeah. I think that happened in, in many, many layers. Um, once I realized that my, my biggest hurdle, I think was the guilt, the guilt of, of being raised in, in faith where, and understanding unconditional love. And there was so much guilt associated with the fear of losing my husband, of, of all of this stuff, of, of what I thought I had control of, what I, like how good I thought I would be and how much I thought I deserved or what was fair and what was unfair. Um, just the guilt of my reaction being fear and anger and, and confusion and misunderstanding and not just being God is in control. Like that was my biggest, my biggest thing is getting over the guilt. But then I realized I was like, I don't think like God because I'm not God. Like it, it was, it was humbling to the point where it was like, I quit, I quit beating myself up about certain things and realizing that I'm loved for no matter what I say or do. So I can start, I, it allowed me to start acknowledging the feelings and, and experiencing the feelings and not pressing them down so much. Like if I was worried or, or fearful or something, and, and, and I learned how to start cycling through the emotions and um, just pouring that energy into more productive type of things. Um, I think it came when like, I realized I was suppressing stress to the point where I cracked one of my teeth because I was clenching my jaws at night 
And, and this is how oblivious like we can be to the stress that we carry, not even realizing it, just going through the motions of life and like, you know, pushing those emotions down. And so like on, on, on that topic, like that's as violent as I ever got, like with just clenching my teeth. And I know, you know, a lot of people struggle with, uh, with other types of things, but for me, it was just acknowledging that God made every one of these emotions for me to experience for a reason. And, and it wasn't to 100% be in, in, in like doubtless faith all the time. He made me to be curious. He made me to get frustrated. He made me to be angry. And, and that helped a lot. Just, just sort of understanding that dialogue and that relationship and especially translating that relationship as, you know, a husband, wife, you know, there were, there were times where I would get so frustrated and I would just not talk. And, and Adam would ask me why. And I'm like, I don't want to argue with you because at that point, like I'm looking at that, you know, I want to make the most of our marriage. I don't want to argue. I don't want to fight. I don't want to ride the boat. Like we've got enough stuff that we're going to deal with. And he was like, Oh no, you're not getting off. Like you have an opinion, you know? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine being, married, you? <laughs> exactly. I mean, can you imagine being in a relationship and, and trying not to ever not argue with somebody? It's like, you're, you're totally, living in fear and in guilt, but uh -huh. you're in a relationship for a reason. You're in a, yeah. you're in a partnership for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was peeling back those layers of understanding that each emotion was, was meant for a reason and I didn't have to fear the emotion or I didn't have to feel guilty of it. And I didn't have to always have the right answers. And I could still argue with my husband, even though he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. You know, I, I learned that it was okay to, to, you know, not be 100% mom all the time and realize that I needed an outlet and I needed that, that, that time to process things on my own. Um, but as, as far as everything else, like the, the perspective shift I feel was after the roller coaster of emotion, like, I just feel like I could never go back. It's almost like a light switch that comes on and you can see things in detail that you had, you could never see before. And once you do that, like you can't unsee it, you can't unknow it. So for, for me, that perspective shift was just, it was permanent and it was so, so transformational where it was like, I have to spend my time doing what's of, of the most importance. I'm not going to waste it. I'm not going to waste a breath. I'm not going to waste anything. Um, our family is going to be our priority. The work that we do is going to only be work that we love. Um, I'm not just going to do anything ever half effort. Um, it was just, you know, our way of life totally, totally changed. Yeah. I, you touched on, on two things that really stuck out to me. And I want to talk about both of them. So the first one is, is leaning into those feelings. And I think that is, really hard for a lot of people because painful emotions are not something we want to lean into because mm -hmm. they hurt and they hurt a lot and you did it and and I think that you talk about your transformation and part of that comes from leaning into that and allowing yourself to feel so how would you tell someone to let like allow themselves to feel it like how can you bring yourself to do that when it can be so hard sometimes? I mean, yeah, not fun. 
it is the hardest thing to do because you have to choose to do it. You have to choose to acknowledge and, and it's almost, you could almost compare it to like to what they say social media is the highlight reel. Like we only want people to see the good stuff, right? Yeah. So on our emotions, like we have certain compartments that we only want to admit to ourselves. Like we don't want to admit to ourselves that we could just be ridiculously angry or, or, or feel like this is, I don't deserve this. I, you, you know, like it's easy for us to, to, to go through that pit and to stay in that darkness, but at the same time, we don't like it. Right. We don't want to be associated with that. And like for me, my identity as a mom and a wife and someone of faith, the worst thing that I could do was to even admit that I was angry at God. Yeah. But it was the truth. But as soon as I admitted it, it wasn't like I was leaving the faith. I was disowning God. I, I was, you know, it's just like anything else. You want to understand, you want, you want answers and you know, with some things in life, you just don't have the answers. You don't have the understanding or you don't have that capacity to see, you know, the big picture of things sometimes where I was like, you know, what, what do we do as far as surgery, the type of surgery? We had so many different types of surgeons that we um, talked to. We had people who had survived, you know, the brain cancer or at that point in time, we didn't know if it was cancer. So that was a whole nother level of, of stress, but um, everything came back negative. Um, but we had, we had done our research, you know, we had talked to people. So like we, we fulfilled the logical side. So logically I'm like, okay, people have survived this. There's treatment for it. They're confident with the surgery, even though it's a, in, um, a, in a location that, that is risky. So they're not going to be able to get everything. Um, so you go with the logic as far as you can get, but the logic will only get you so far. And then your emotions are still there. And mm -hmm. at that point you have another choice. Like, am I going to deny these emotions and just suppress them down? And that might get you through a few days and then they're going to surface again. And then you're just going to feel, you're going to keep on this hamster wheel until you just literally let these emotions cycle through where you, you have this reality. I have emotions for a reason. I have a grieving process or I have a process that I have to understand and, and, and cycle things through and, and everyone's different. You know, people could get angry and then they could be sad and then they could be confused and then they get start to get clarity and then they get more confident. Like, it's almost like if you think of like the hands on a clock, just pay attention. Uh, cause everyone has, has their cycle that they'll go through. And I would say one of the best secret weapons that you could have is to acknowledge and understand that it is a cycle and that the quicker you get through it, it's almost like an obstacle course. The quicker that you let your emotions cycle through, you'll, you'll get back to that even keel of normalcy where you want to be, where you want to admit that you live and you don't want to go into those dark places, but that's the best and most healthiest thing that you can do is let your emotions um, cycle through. And I had to figure that out on my own for, for a little while. And now I'm just, I'm thankful to have uh, people that surround me that I can reach out to. And they're like, just go have a good cry. Like quit fighting it. Just go let it come, you know? And, and that's, 
you know, that's when you know that you have, you do have more control than you think that you do. Mm -hmm. You just mentioned having those people mm -hmm. and having those people around you. What, what has it, what's the difference in, in going through it on your own versus going through it with a, a network and allowing yourself to be vulnerable to people because that is also scary. Um, yeah. Letting people see you for when you're not in your happy place is, is hard. I've been there. I know that one. Um, how'd you do it? Unwillingly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got really good. Like the first few years, um, I got really, really, really good at, at just keeping it all to myself and figuring out, you know, one foot in front of the other and, and just stubbornly kind of plowing through. And I don't really know how I navigated it, but I managed. And, and I know it's because I did have that quiet time and, and I may not have had a physical person to talk to, but just a lot of faith and prayer and devotions and stuff. So I had a release. Um, but the thing that really made me aware of it was at, when Adam was through the surgery and he finished, um, so after the surgery, there were some complications and he had to go into a 30 day rehab, um, inpatient facility. So he couldn't even come straight home. He had to learn how to walk again and go through occupational therapy for speech and, and all that, that kind of stuff. And so when he came home and we got him settled in, we sort of had like a family party and, and one of my girlfriends, she, she said, you know, I don't know how you handled this with so much grace um, and faith, but you inspired us. And honestly, like it made me look at all of my problems. And if, if we were to pile all of our problems up in the center of the room, I would gladly pick them up in a heap and hold them tight and not let anyone take them away from me because you just never know how, how hard or how bad it can get. And it just made me realize like, I was suppressing like <laughs> nobody's business, but someone thought that I was walking through it with faith and grace. And it just made me realize people were watching and they were dealing with their own stuff. And maybe if I'd have talked about it more, it would have helped them deal with it more. So I'm a, I'm a really big kind of silver lining type of person. Where I've, I can't go through an experience without finding the value. And so that was, that was another level of value for me where I was like, I suffered in silence, but they thought that I was okay. How many other people are doing the same? And they're not as good as it, not as good at it as I am. And I felt a responsibility. And so the more I started speaking up and sharing, the more I could see like just the relief and the countenance and other people change where it was like all of a sudden the standard that they were holding themselves to or that society was holding them to was like, wow, I mean, I can feel sad. I can feel angry. I can feel, you know, um, these feelings and they're okay. Because I think that was, that was my biggest fear was because I, at the time I did have some, some girlfriends who were struggling 
um, with, with miscarriages or trying to start their family or getting pregnant. And um, one even did go through postpartum depression. And until I started sharing about it, I never knew that. So like, here we all are collectively like suffering in silence, knowing how much we loved and cared for each other and not even being able to be there for each other in that way, just because we thought that, you know, whatever, whatever way we grew up or what society tells us, you know, like these are good feelings. These are bad feelings. You know, I, I felt horrible that I could not have, have helped someone go through what I was going through. And so that, and then the more I shared, the more I realized it helped. And even though, even though it's very triggering and upsetting sometimes, it's, it's still worth it because I think the more that people talk about their emotions, the less fear there is over their emotions. And the less fear that you have over your emotions, the, the more you get back to that balanced state. And I think that's the biggest thing is, is how can you get back to that balanced state and not be afraid yeah. of, of, of your emotions or your reactions? I think it does, it does something on, it's a two-way street and it's like, like it takes, it unbreaks your own chains mm-hmm. from when you share, it releases that fear from inside of you and it helps the other person. And when they're hearing your stories, they can unbreak their own chains and then they can share. And it's a ripple effect. And you yeah. are like the start of this ripple effect. Like you inspire people to use their their message and their impact on the world. And using whatever it is that their pain, their message, everything that they've been through. And I think that's the most beautiful thing about about what what you've been through and what you've been sharing um what does like because as as this interview kind of comes to a close like what before I ask you your final question I want to know what your life looks like right now in terms of emotionally and with your husband who I have gotten a chance to get to know a little bit who is also amazing and when I heard that you guys have been together for so long, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's a character. Um, he, he deals with things through humor and that, that was definitely an interesting time. And he's, he's incredibly insightful and he's wise. He's just so wise and um, we're doing really, really well. We've got four kids um, ranging in age of uh, 14, 12, nine, and five. And the five-year-old, she's our, she's our bonus baby because she came after the, the surgery and the recovery and everything like that. And my family likes to joke with him. He's, and and so you just wanted to prove one more time that you could do it, you know? And <laughs> so she's, you know, she represents a lot to us. Um, and you know, of course the, the shift in perspective is our lifestyle. Like our kids are really, really important and, um, also setting goals and, and, and making them a reality. Um, our life before the brain tumor diagnosis and after is, is 
like our thoughts process, the way we plan things, the way that what we prioritize is so different. Like we had the traditional view of like, when we retire, we'll travel here and we'll go here and we'll get, you know, to experience all of these things. And then after that, it was like, oh my God, heck no. Like I may, I may not make it, you know, I want to go to Paris. I want to do all And you did. And we did. We've been to Paris twice. Uh, we've been to London twice. Um, we're going to Hawaii. Well, God willing, we'll, go, we'll get to go to Hawaii <laughs> in the fall if, if all of this craziness is, is back under control. But it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, we only get one shot at life and, and we are not wasting one minute where um, we both work from home. Um, obviously, we're homeschooling the kids right now because of uh, the schools being closed we love sports. The kids know they're our top priorities and we just, um, cling to our flexibility and just being able to be in charge of our own schedule. And, um, my goal in the next couple of years is to, to be like the sole income provider of the family because the, the one side effect of his condition and, and, um, all of the medications is stress and fatigue trigger seizures and as I mentioned before, like I was carrying stress, not even realizing it, you know, clenching my teeth at night, breaking a tooth. The way we carry stress without any trauma on our brains is completely different than the way he carries stress. Like you could ask him a question and if he doesn't have the data or, or the spreadsheet may not line up, he will obsess and stress over it. And, and, and that like is almost like a million times more the pressure of what you or I would feel in, in our most stressful points. So um, I just, I want to give him that flexibility to, to work as much or as little as he wants. So that's, that's what it looks like now. And um, yeah, I was just, you know, pouring into our business and growing our agency. And uh, he's, he's a big part of that. He's, he's um, I'm the, the crazy free spirit. And he's the one who is, um, he loves systems and processes. So he's, he makes me keep everything organized and, but also lets me kind of be that crazy dreamer. So. Which you definitely are that, that crazy dreamer and you do an amazing job at it, which is you inspire so many people and you inspire me every day to keep going with my own journey and my own message and like your support has meant the world to me. Um, and I wish every single person could get advice from you every day. Like I have the opportunity to. Thank so you. if you could say one thing to my listeners who, who might be struggling on the inside with going through something really hard emotionally um, or physically and are having trouble in that emotional state, what would be something you could, you could say to help to, to make it through this, to get them, to get them through it? Yeah. Um, I would say first and foremost, like allow yourself to experience it fully and acknowledge it. Um, coming out, coming out on the other side, like there is light at the end of the tunnel. There is another end of the rainbow but walking through the storm and walking through the chaos like it is not fun it is it is hard to see the purpose or understand 
why or, um, but don't be afraid to ask those questions either. Um, I think the, the biggest um, problem you face is staying there too long. Acknowledge the feelings and experience the feelings, but do not allow them to like consume you because there, there is, there is that experience of the feelings, but if you find yourself and, 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 and this is the thing, I, can, I, I guess it's one of those things where your, your level of awareness has to increase for your own safety. Like if you feel yourself like going deeper and darker and, 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 and you're trying to cycle through reach, reach out sooner than you think you need to reach out to and find somebody who it may just be a neutral third party. I think a lot of people struggle with like, especially close friends and family are, are like, why didn't you call? Why didn't you call? And I think there's that guilt associating with like putting our burdens on someone else. Mm -hmm. But if you, I would say, um, if you're listening right now, you found an advocate and an islet and, and the, the resources that she creates and then her Facebook group. I, I would almost say it would be fair if you are feeling this tug or this struggle, like, and you messaged her, she would welcome that and, and, and beg for you to do that before you would try to experience something yourself. But I would say, you know, probably, probably three things like allow yourself and don't apologize for the emotions, like fully experience them, but also don't stay there. Don't let yourself stay there. Refuse to stay stuck. Know that you are stronger than that you think you're ever capable of and that there is a reason for what you're going through and you have a purpose, um, to, to get on the other side, to help others navigate through it, if nothing else to help others navigate through it, because 1000% you're not alone. And then number three, start putting up other kind of like safety nets and defenses for yourself. So, so because at that point, you know, you're going to experience these cycles, you know, life is going to be tough, and you know, you're not alone. And then when you're at that point, you can start putting people in place in your life where all you have to do is have one conversation and say, you know, I may need to call you. And if they're the right person, they will not care if it's 2 a.m. in the morning or 2 in the afternoon. And, and I have people like that in my life. And, and I have people like that in my life where they'll even like, they'll, they'll hear my tone of voice or they'll, they'll see a message that comes from me and, and they'll, they'll proactively reach out. They're like, hold on a second. You were, you were a little short there. Like, and, and I've had people do that just in text messages or whatever. It's like, let's hop on a call. And, and that's the thing, like you are worthy to have people like that in your life and probably already do have people like that in your life. That's just one of the things we have to be willing to let them in. So how willing are we to, to let them in? And um, I think also what really helped, helped me is anchoring my purpose to sometimes we won't fight for ourselves. And sometimes we have to anchor our purpose to something stronger outside of ourself. So for that, I would, I would add a fourth step in there. Find something worth fighting for outside of yourself. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's literally beautiful. I am 
so grateful that you were able to share that message and your story um, with my listeners because it's truly beautiful. So I thank you for being there for, for me every single day and for being the most amazing person with, with your, your message and amplify my impact um, and everything you do and for sharing your story so vulnerably and openly. So thank you. Thank you, girl. Keep doing what you're doing. I, I love what you're doing and, and I love it. And, and I think I, I, I feel like I keep need, needing to emphasize this because I think anyone who's listening, they need to understand that there was, there was this calling um, and this fire in Islet and she's no different than you. She went through her experiences and, and she realized this is not a burden. This is not what defines me. It is actually a gift because now you understand a language beyond what so many people will be able to ever comprehend in their life. You have like a perspective that there are others who will never experience. So you really have like in our pain and our struggle and our suffering. And it's so, I know if you're going through it, it's hard to see it right now, but it is truly giving you your superpowers and your gifts and which you're going to be able to serve the world with. Yeah. It might not be right right now or you don't see it, but Mm -hmm. give it time because it comes. And when it comes, don't ignore it because it's meant for a reason. Everyone has a purpose. And so thank you. And I'm so happy that all my listeners got to hear this because it it meant the world. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so inspired that you've joined me and so many others by listening to this podcast in our fight to overcome our anxiety and depression. If you know someone that could benefit from this message, please share this podcast with them so we can change the lives of the people we love together. If you want more help for yourself, so you can finally live life on your own terms without feeling crippled by anxiety and depression, then I hope you'll let me help you further on your journey. You can do this by going to www.anxietysecretstoolbox.com to access the key tools and strategies you need to gain control over your anxiety and panic attacks. We are on a mission to come together to own our story and truth and help others do the same in this movement to live life on our own terms.